Man, welcome back. This is week one, and we're going to be talking about acceptance from a biblical perspective. So first, before we jump into the, into the topic, I want to just thoroughly define uh, what this word means so we thoroughly understand over the next month exactly what it is that we are talking about. So acceptance. Uh, in the Greek, it means to fully take in, to take in fully. It has the idea of welcoming kind of like somebody into your home, welcome, welcoming somebody into an embrace, uh, accepting somebody. So to welcome um, and that also signifies to approve someone or to approve something. And so when we're talking about acceptance, we're talking about uh, fully welcoming something, uh, fully uh, approving of someone. Um, and then it, it has this idea of recognizing something as true, to believe something and to recognize it as true and to endure some sort of uh, uh, whatever it is to endure it. Uh, without like protest and without this uh, reaction. So acceptance. We are told in recovery circles to accept the things we cannot change, right? And that's the first uh, uh, part in this whole idea and this concept uh, of accepting. What exactly is it that I need to accept? Now, there's many things... um, you know, that we need to learn to accept. Uh, um, first of all, last week I talked to you about accepting uh, fully your full identity, who you really are. And that's one of, uh, uh, one of the ama- amazing things that we need to accept is that uh, accept responsibility, uh, accept our, our, you know, our strengths and weaknesses and all of these different things. But one of the biggest things and the things I'm starting out with today is to accept the things you cannot change. Now, this is really important for multiple different reasons. Now, the first reason is for your sanity, right? Uh, for your peace of mind. Like to be able to accept the, the things that you cannot change is going to bring you um, peace. And you're not going to have a lot of anxiety and you're not going to have a lot of worry because you're not trying to control the uncontrollable. Here's the reality that I know, Okay is that people that succumb to addiction in some way or another, uh, especially in pornography and different things, um, are control freaks. They think they have a substance problem. They think they have this, that, and the other thing problem. But what it all boils down to is this idea of control. And they are control freaks, right? And this uh, plays out in pornography a lot because you want to control... um, uh, control what is going on, what you're looking at, uh, the perfection of everything, and just control the whole uh, scenario, the whole pleasurable moment. So within sight of almost every single uh, addiction is this some sort of a control freak in trying to control uh, the uh, uncontrollable. So the first thing in there is the fact um, that everything changes, Right. And the reality is, is that when we try to control change or to stop change, um, it's going to be a very frustrating experience. It's going to be filled with a lot of anxiety because the reality is, is that everything changes. And no matter how hard we, we try, we can't stop the change, right? And so resistance towards change 
you flip it around, all it is is, is a desire for control and a desire for things to remain the same. The Bible says this, there's a time for everything, right, under the sun. There's a season for every activity under heaven. And just like we have different seasons, uh, that's the way life works. There is a season of uh, sowing and there's a season of reaping. Just like we have our seasons uh, of uh, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And the reality is, is that we cannot change those seasons, right? No matter how hard we try, it is uh, beyond our control. Uh, for me to think that I can control the seasons, it, is, it, it puts me in a, a form of a lunatic insanity, right? That, that it's not even possible. Well, the same thing is true in our lives, that there are certain seasons, sowing and reaping, and there, there's, a, there's a time to mourn, there's a time to dance. And the reality is, is that we are, we are going to have those times. We're going to have those joyous moments where it's time to dance. And those uh, sad moments where it's time to mourn. And the control freak in us is going to try to control those things. And the fact is, is that they are uncontrollable. No matter how hard we try, most likely we're going to have to bury our parents, right? No matter how hard we try, there is going to be a season's uh, of different things that come into our lives, and there's absolutely nothing that we could do about it. We can, though, control the controllable, and that is control our action in, t in the season that we are in, right? Now, just because we're going through a lot of pain and a lot of this, that, and the other thing doesn't mean that we can't control our own weather, and that is like decide and take responsibility for our reactions and choose our response. So this first thing is the desire to keep everything the same. Uh, number two, things you can't control. You can't control the fact that your expectations are not going to be met 100% of the time, right? And we have this expectations for life. We have expectations for marriage. We, we go into certain uh, jobs and careers, and we have all these expectations. And from my personal experience, um, these expectations uh, um, often uh, don't play out, right? I remember when I was young and uh, first uh, started a relationship with God that um, you know, I was praying earnestly for this job. Like I wanted to get out of the fast food industry, uh, out of my first job. And I really wanted to grow and expand as a man. And, and I was praying earnestly that I would get this job. I had the interview. I thoroughly expected that I was going to get the job. And guess what? I didn't get the job. And then, of course, I was devastated because I was, you know, I had all these expectations and I thought my hope and my faith and my expectations could control the uncontrollable. And the reality is, no matter <clears throat> how much faith uh, or expectations we have, uh, there are certain things and certain scenarios that are going to play out and they are not going to meet our expectations. And when it comes to different people, uh, we have expectations uh, for people, 
And some of these we don't even communicate. So that that in turn even gives us more of a reason why um, they're not going to measure up to our expectations. But let's just say we did communicate the expectations. The reality is, is that not everybody is going to live up to your expectations, right? You give expectations for your children and what do they do? Um, they, they cross the line, right? They, they go over the boundaries and then you have to set expectations again. So this idea of everything working out and everything meeting my expectations is just not part of life and it's not part of reality. And the reality is, is that people will let us down. Now, one thing that I've learned inside of the work environment and being a supervisor over many employees now, just because someone doesn't meet our expectations doesn't mean that we don't communicate it again. You know, if expectations get broken, then you sit down, have a conversation, you regroup and you reframe and you get back on the right track. And the reality is, is that you're going to have to do that repeatedly over and over. And so I can look at it as a supervisor and go, man, these people are not meeting my expectations. I'm just going to sit here and cry. Not understanding that is my responsibility to set the bar. Not only that, it's my responsibility to maintain the bar, and it's my responsibility to every time to keep coming back to the standard and to the expectations repeatedly over and over. And so in life, that's the way it is. Now, we can get bummed out that people uh, uh, people are letting us down. We can get bummed out that boundaries are not maintained, or we can uh, set the standard once again, because here's the reality. Just because you set a boundary, don't mean it doesn't mean a hill of beans. Like people still who have boundary issues are still gonna uh, cross your boundaries, right? And so we can't go, oh man, you know, uh, just forget about it. Nobody respects me. No, we go. You know what? You know what? I communicated to you that this was my boundary, and this is what happened. Right. And then you 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 stand the boundaries up once again. So this idea of of um, controlling the uncontrollable and that is that your expectations will always be met is just not part of reality. The third one, and I think that we we really need to uh, thoroughly grasp because the the Bible talks a lot about it, and that is that suffering is a part of life. The sooner we accept that, the sooner the better. Right. And it's one thing that we it's important that we get thoroughly accustomed to ordinary misery. Right. And what that means is that there's a certain part of life that is humdrum. There's a certain part of life that uh, uh, is monotonous. And there's a certain part of life that is is boring, uh, you could say. And so that part of life and that part of suffering in general uh, is completely normal. And we, we probably should get accustomed to it. Not only that, we should probably teach our children to get accustomed to it too uh, so they can develop some grit and actually learn how to uh, cope inside of life. So the first one, suffering. Okay? Paul says this, um, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, uh, he'll deny us. But this idea of reigning with him... Um, the precursor of that, of course, is suffering. And we look at this world and the trials and everything that we're going through, and we see that the we one thing we we really need to accept 
is that suffering and pain in the human experience, this is all part of life. And it's a precursor to us reigning. You know, in uh, we have the mindset of in the future that um, there'll be no pain, there'll be no sorrow, there'll be no crying, all of these different things. And we have a great hope and expectation for the future. But the reality is right now that that is not my experience. You know, I'm in this earthly experience and I experience suffering and uh, pain and different things. And this is all... Uh, uh, a part of nor normal reality. And the, and the sooner we accept that is probably the better. So uh, the Bible says this, I told you uh, that uh, I told you this, that you may have peace here on earth. G this is the words of Jesus here on earth. Uh, you'll have many, <laughs> uh, you know, he used this word many. And that is not a few, right? It's not a few. You know, on this earth, you will have many uh, tribulations, uh, which correlates to trials and sorrows. But he says, be of good heart because I have overcome the world. And so here on this earth, in this human experience, we're going to experience multiple, multiple different tribulations, uh, trials, and sorrows. And the Bible gives the, the clear expectation for us to accept that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And another location, he says, don't, don't, uh, think, don't be baffled or confused about this thing that has come upon you. Like every temptation that has taken you is common to man. And that is that every, every person on the face of the earth faces these different tribulations and trials. And so don't think it's some strange or odd thing that's coming upon you, right? Because it's all a part of this human experience. And so this is important because we give false expectations of God. And that is that God is going to give me this magical life and he's going to uh, put his magic wand on me and ippity-boppity-boo and, and everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to be wonderful. And I'm just going to, you know, uh, have this amazing, elated experience that is filled with joy all the time. I don't know, right, what it is, but I know definitely that I was given the expectation that I was going to have this wonderful life uh, and that I was going to, um, God was going to miraculously deliver me from all my problems and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but this, this sort of expectation is not reality. Um, and we, we place God in, you know, in this box of a genie. And that he's there to um, save and rescue us through every little situation that we find ourselves in. And that he's at our beck and call to, um, to grant us wishes. And uh, I, I wish that I have this job and I wish I had that. And, and, I, and I wish this would depart from me and this, that, and the other thing. But placing those expectations upon God is what causes us a lot of pain and a lot of despair. Because we thoroughly expect God to, to give us this wonderful life, and we're just supposed to sit as a recipient and just supposed to, uh, He's supposed to just give it to us, and we have this sense of a uh, uh, of entitlement. And I see it taking place, you know, inside of uh, the church today. This just sense of entitlement that we just sit here and wait, and and God's going to do this thing. So. 
the sooner we accept uh, the way life plays out in the the, the trouble, uh, Jesus even went so far to say that uh, you should be cautious when all men speak well of you, right? Because that's the way they spoke of the prophets before they killed them. And he, he set out that if you follow him, you should thoroughly expect um, to endure some persecution. And so Jesus always gave it to us real. It was always raw, right? And he never gave the expectation of a happy life, right? Peter was crucified up down, uh, upside down. The, the apostles were martyred and, and, and John was banished on an island. And everybody who was connected to Jesus uh, suffered in a great fashion, right? And so uh, I think we need to thoroughly accept that there is going to be some trials, there's going to be some pain, there's going to be some suffering, and uh, the quicker we realize that, the better. Number four, bad things happen to good people. Um, and this is a reality, and we see it. Um, were Christians exempt from, um, from the COVID um, from all the people that died, were, 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 were Christians exempt? Did they, did they not die also? Um, so it's things we have to, to accept and understand that, that bad things happen to good people. And what is crazy that even good things happen to supposedly bad people, right? And we, we look at it and it's like, it, it's unfair and, and, and it's not right and all of these different things. And we look at somebody who who is a wicked sinner, right? And they get, you know, all the money and all the fame and all the recognition and everything seems to go well for them and, and everything they touch turns to gold. And then we have, uh, you know, somebody who believes and, and keeps the commandments of Jesus and wants to love God with all their heart and love the neighbor as their self, right? <clears throat> and they experience a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And we look at that, and it's hard for us to grasp. It's hard for us to understand. And the reality is, is that this takes place. And the flip side takes place. There, there might be two believers who, who have different uh, lots in life, and one uh, has wealth and prosperity and influence and all of these different things, and everything he touches turned to gold. And then there's another... Um, a child of God that goes through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and, and has a lot of ailments in their body and, and battles a lot of uh, temptations to certain things, and they seem to struggle. And trying to wrap our heads around the reason or, 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 or some purpose to it all, it's, uh, it doesn't accomplish much, much good. So the reality is we have to really accept that sometimes— because we live in this fallen world, that bad things do happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And that's just the reality of it. We, we want to live in a world where everything makes sense. And here's one thing that I have uh, come to the conclusion of, especially with the, the, you know, as you read the Bible and it has these, um, uh, dueling opinions that it, it, it seems to be both <laughs> both uh, scenarios in one that not everything has to make sense. It's okay to have tension. It's okay to not have all the answers figured out, or it may it's okay to have 
that both answers kind of actually coexist at the same time. It is both yes and it's both no. <laughs> like, and it's okay to not really make sense of some uh, some of the chaos uh, that's around us, and to be okay with not having the answer. Now that's really hard for a control freak, right? But what we do when when we try to control the uncontrollable is we try uh, that we can't function normal unless everything makes sense. And that's just not reality. Uh, if you read through the Bible, you see multiple, multiple contradictions, right? And so you can take those contradictions and you can allow them to let you let them uh, destroy you and sink you in and uh, um, despair. Or you could say, you know what? I've never seen anything that uh, that doesn't have some f form of contradiction to it. I am a walking contradiction, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just as as who I am. So being okay with not having uh, all all the answers one hundred percent. If I were to uh, look at every single contradiction and need to find an answer for everything, I will spend my entire life in apologetics. And trying to discover really the answer for every single minutia and minor little thing that's in the Bible. But what I'm more focused on is my relationship with God because I believe that he is real. And I believe that he speaks to me. I believe that I'm his child. And I believe that I'm connected to him. And so I'm going to live my life in connection and relationship with him because that's what the Bible was supposed to produce. It was written that you might believe, and that word believe is to place confidence and trust inside of a person. It wasn't written for you to analyze to the minute detail and try to figure everything out. And this is what we do as men, right? Uh, we, we, we read the whole thing, and then we systemize uh, our theology, and we put it in this nice little box, and, and everything's just like detailed and spelled out, and it's just, it's all packaged all nice and neat, and this is, this is the way that this makes sense. And then, of course, it keeps us confined to that little box that we have created, and we can't see outside of that box. So, number five, people will hurt you. And the reality is, is because we have um, free will and we are free agents and we can, uh, our will can conflict with another person's will and there could be uh, animosity or friction between people and that is part of the human experience. Uh, Jesus said this, but I say unto you, love your enemies and pray for them who persecute you. Now, with that statement, we come to, con to the conclusion that uh, uh, he thoroughly believed that you would have enemies, right? And an enemy is someone who seeks to injure you. It's, a, it's an opponent who uh, seeks to overthrow you, uh, seeks to confuse you, or seeks to confound you. And in this world and in this human experience, because you have paradigms and you have belief systems, where whether it's in your faith, whether it's in your political life, whether it's in your, uh, your class or in your nationality or in your neighborhood, and all of these different things, that the reality is, is that you are going to have some form of enemy. 
Now, if you don't have a, a, a some form of enemy or some opposition or opposing your paradigm and your worldview, then it's because that you're Switzerland and that you don't have a point of view, and that you're a chameleon and you just uh, you just conform to whoever you're around, and you take on uh, uh, whatever the, whatever the situation calls for. But the reality is, is that if you have a a worldview and a belief system. I can guarantee 100% that there's somewhere, somebody in this world that is going to be in opposition to your point of view. And this is part of uh, uh, trying to control the uncontrollable. And that is if we want to, um, we want to be liked, if we want everybody to be our friend, and we want to, you know, to be accepting and just... Uh, be a, a peacemaker and go the middle ground, then the, the reality is, is that we're going to not develop much conviction because worldviews, conviction, Jesus, political, all these different things are very polarizing. And what that means is that there's kind of a line drawn in the stand and this is where I stand. And uh, uh, if you stand over there, the reality is, is that you're in direct opposition to what I believe, and I'm in direct opposition to what you believe. And so in the world, this is going to take place. And the reality is, is that the only way to um, for the world to be unified, to be one, is if everybody abandoned religion, and everybody abandoned politics, and everybody abandoned their worldview to, to something else. And so it'd be surrendering your relationship with God. It would be surrendering your political ideation. And it would be surrendering to someone else's narrative and worldview. And to be able to do that, you totally compromise who you are as a person. And so there will be enemies, Jesus said. He said to love your enemies. And to pray for those who persecute you. So he was thoroughly uh, setting the standard that you will be persecuted. And that, that persecution comes in the form of harassment. It comes in the, in the form of name calling. It comes in the form of people trying to, you know, uh, destroy your reputation and all of these different things. But we can't have a life that is devoid of enemies. And we can't have a life that's devoid of any sort of persecution. Moving on. Uh, number seven, we can't control what people think, believe, and feel, right? Now, with this statement, we understand that we can try to influence or sway somebody, right? And this is what media is meant for. Uh, this is what uh, how they uh, get you to vote for them, right? They, they give persuasive speeches, uh, for you to grab on, hold, and accept, and that it would sway your opinion to to vote for them, right? And so the same way with people that we can have uh, an influence through communication and dialogue, and we can sway people uh, to a certain way. This is how the kingdom's built. It's built on, on persuasion and uh, influencing another person's beliefs, okay? And so we can influence, but we can't control, See, control is using fear-based tactics. Uh, control is guilting someone uh, to do something for you. And this is when this happens inside of a relationship, uh, the relationship turns very dysfunctional. First, it gives the, the control freak 
um, some sort of sense of power and superiority and control. And then the person who submits to the control freak's will, uh, they they feel uh, victimized and they feel burdened. And, and so you got these two uh, relationships happening. So this person uses uh, guilt and fear and intimidation to to uh, to control another person's uh, actions, and the other person complies and feels victimized and feels used and taken advantage of and all of these things. So um, it's never good uh, to take on this idea of control. The sooner we release this idea, we cannot control the thoughts, opinions, and belief uh, and, and behaviors of another. And if there's one thing that we need to release, we need to release that because uh, this is the cause of all the major dysfunction uh, that is taking place inside of our lives, trying to control other people's behavior. And there comes a time, you know, inside of parenthood where, you know, when they were young, uh, we we definitely had a, a strong exertion of control over their behavior. Uh, but as they grow up in their teenage years, they're meant to develop a self-sufficiency and a confidence that they can begin to control and modify their own behavior. And what we try to do is put different boundaries and stuff uh, to keep them contained within uh, and walking on the path uh, that's going to lead somewhere good. But the reality is, is that some people... Uh, take on the very controlling parenting, uh, domineering, uh, helicopter parent, and just try to uh, dictate every single minutia and detail of their kids' lives. And I'm telling you, uh, if you find yourself in that position, you need to stop. God grant you the serenity to accept the things you cannot change. And that is that your child has a wheel, your child has a, a, a paradigm and a belief system that has been established, and um, that you need to release control and take on the role of a coach and an influencer to begin to influence their behavior and not control it. Uh, super important. Number eight, past events. Now... If you've been in addiction for some time and you've been down to the pits in despair, uh, then you've probably done some things that um, that you're not proud of. And within those, you probably have some regrets and some things you need to let go of, and which we're definitely uh, going to deal with that in very large detail later on. Um, but the Bible says this, that whoever conceals his uh, transgression will not prosper. But whoever confesses it and forsakes it will obtain mercy. And so within here, we have the, the biblical uh, pattern. And that is that if we have made a mistake and if we've done something that, uh, a big mistake that we regret and it happened in the past, the way to get beyond it is a simple confession and that is to make it known. Uh, make it known to a trust uh, uh, to a person. Make it known to um, to some believers. Make it known to your pastor. Make it known to somebody, right? And that you 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 begin to tell the situation and take full responsibility for it, and then you take the next step of forsaking it, and that really means to uh, renounce it entirely. It means to turn away from it. 
uh, means to abandon and desert it. And that is that um, I've had this mistake in my past. Here's the situation and here's what happened. I lay it all out. I take responsibility and I walk away from it. I desert it. I forsake it. And that's not going to take place again. But I've learned my lesson. And so dwelling on the past, there's no, there's no scenario where you can change the past. There's no uh, narrative or the story that goes on in your head that's doing any good for your future. And so understanding that we cannot control past mistakes. We can release them and let them go. We can take them as a lesson and we can learn and say, you know what, I'm not going to make that mistake again and begin to uh, go forward and to move on. And this is what I believe Paul was talking about when he said, <clears throat> brothers, I don't consider myself as apprehended. But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I straightforward to what lies ahead. So all the past mistakes, <clears throat> all the failures, all the disappointment, all the regret, I'm going to uh, forget. I'm going to lay that aside and I'm going to forget what is behind me. And I'm going to take it as a lesson and I'm going to get to press forward to the things that are before me. Number nine is time. We can't control time. Time is going forward as I'm very, as I'm speaking right now. And there's no way for us to begin to control time. Time keeps on slipping right into the future. And it's just ticking and it's ticking and ticking. There's nothing that we could do about it. And what that means is that we really should take advantage of each moment that is <clears throat> at our disposal because there's no way for us to, um, to get this time back. I cannot go back to the future and change things. I cannot redeem the time. And so the Bible says to teach us, <coughs> teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And Paul tells us to make the best use of our time uh, because the days are evil. And so with that admonition, we just, we understand that we cannot control time. Time is going to happen. We are going to evolve. We're going to change. We're going to grow. We're going to get old and all these different things. And these are just realities that we will experience. And so that would uh, behoove us to take uh, responsibility right now to take advantage of the time that we have. 10, uh, predispositions. Uh, you know, we can't control our, uh, who's our parents, right? And we can't uh, control our, our family tree and our lineage. And so that with it uh, is some hereditary things that are definitely beyond our control. And also with that is propensities and predispositions. Um, and that is that there is certain uh, uh, almost like family sins. Uh, you know, when you look inside of uh, addiction, uh, addiction and recovery and you see certain nationalities have a, a natural propensity, uh, propensity to certain drugs and certain areas of, of the earth have certain uh, uh, characteristics. And the reality is, is that there are certain uh, propensities that are hardwired 
inside of our, our very being. And I think they're going to discover this even more. But uh, with that is uh, definitely a propensity to certain behavior. And the Bible teaches this in the form of iniquities, right? That iniquities are the things that, that are inside of us that cause us to go astray. They are the things inside of us that sway us into a, a, a certain detrimental uh, direction. And so those propensities are pretty much, um, you're most likely to, to have certain things uh, based upon uh, your genetics and different stuff like that. So that being said, we can't control those things. But what we can do is control our response. And that is, though I may have a propensity to certain behaviors and certain addictions and certain substances and all these different things, that, uh, um, that I still can control uh, my response to those things. Natural disasters. Now, it's pretty funny that uh, uh, some of the political uh, people think that they can control the natural disasters through different things and, and all this different stuff, not understanding that natural disasters have taken place all throughout uh, uh, you know, the history of man and to think that uh, we could do something to uh, prevent you know, some of these things that come upon the earth is just uh, absolutely ludicrous. But at any rate, we, we, we like to think that we can, uh, that we're in control of all of these different things. And so <laughs> I find it a little comical that uh, the narrative that's being uh, uh, propagated is that we can somehow control uh, these in, uh, some of these environmental things. And the reality is, is that, that we can't. Uh, just by the term natural disasters, we understand that it's natural, right? And that is, it is the ordinary course of nature that uh, you trace back, uh, from the, from the beginning of time as we know it. And all you see is like organized chaos, like all of these different things that have come upon the earth and the transitions and, uh, and being hit by comets and all of these different things is what you see is this just, just this, what we perceive to be chaos, right? And these natural, uh, chaotic, uh, crazy things uh, that have begun to happen from the beginning of time. And so to think that we can control uh, these things, it's just, it's just mind boggling, but uh, we're entering into that realm where, where we think this is one of the most important ones. We think that we can control our needs. Uh, we are all human. As far as I know, I haven't met anybody else who, who, who is not human. Right. Um, and so with that humanity, is um, certain biological needs, psychological needs, spiritual needs um, that are just reality, okay? And we think that um, we could change those needs. And no matter what, you're going to need food. You might be able to go without food for long periods of time, uh, in the form of fasting or whatever, but the reality is, if you're going to stay alive, you're going to you're going to need food. You're going to need water. Now, this one you need a lot sooner than the other. You can go without food for days and days and days, and depending upon your weight, you can you know you can you can go two, three, four months, uh, depending 
on how much uh, calories uh, you have stored up. But uh, water is a whole nother thing. You're going to need water. You're going to need rest. No matter how hard you try, you're going to have to sleep. You're going to need rest. You're going to need security and safety. Nobody can live in the state of uh, anxiety and fear for their life at all times without going insane. And so you're going to need moments of rest and security and safety. Uh, no matter who you are, you're going to need relationships. If you are left to yourself, um, you wouldn't develop, you wouldn't grow, you would fail, you would fail to thrive. And that is because our very biological uh, makeup is, is, is attached to a, a interdependence. And interdependence is the thought and idea that I need you and you need me. And that we're interconnected inside of this uh, uh, society. And that thinking that I could control those things is really, really uh, an insane notion. That is that I could be an island to myself and I don't need nobody and I don't need no friends and I don't need no one to love me and accept me and all these different things, not understanding that we need those things. And the denial of those needs and not really facing them is um, not going to do us much good. God himself said is that it's not good for man to be alone and that he even knew that man as a need needed connection and relationship uh, with another person. And so all of these things, trying to deny these different uh, scenarios, these different needs, uh, it's, it's not beneficial in any sort of way. And so lastly, I'm just going to throw out there to try to control certain outcomes. And this is very uh, generic, uh, but we, when we try to control the uncontrollable, and that is people, places, and things, and all the things that I mentioned um, here today, that uh, we're going to be frustrated. Trying to control our wives, trying to control our children, trying to co control different scenarios and expectations and relationships and all of these different things, that we are going to be frustrated, we're going to be disappointed, and we're going to be discouraged. Jesus says this, that uh, live one day at a time. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will have its own worry. Uh, sufficient for the day is its own trouble, right? And what he was saying is that we have enough on our plate today to deal with. And the, today's trouble is sufficient enough. And so to live one day at a time. And in another location, he said, what, what by worrying, you think you can add one inch to your stature? You think by, what does worrying accomplish? And he goes to, you can't even make a, a one hair black or white, right? And so accepting uh, the limitations, accepting who we are, accepting one day at a time is super, super important. Um, Matthew 19, uh, 26 says this. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And so looking at yourself and understanding uh, your limitations, understanding your, your personal abilities and being humble in that, 
uh, you know, in really recognizing that God is the producer of the impossible. So, two things. Two things that, um, so we talked about all the things that we really need to release control over, but the two things uh, that we need to accept. And that is um, uh, Luke 8, 40. It came to pass that when Jesus returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And so this we see uh, accepting uh, and receiving uh, Jesus. And lastly, uh, Acts uh, 2.41, and they gladly received his word. So the two most important things to find acceptance in is uh, receive welcome and admit into your life uh, Jesus and uh, receive welcome and admit into your life the things that he says, his word, the things that he speaks. And this is, uh, you know, the awesome things to, um, to accept. Let go. Release your idea of control. You cannot control these things. And uh, we need to accept the things we cannot control.